Welcome to the Kinky Cast, a sexually explicit podcast. If you are under 18 years of age, stop the podcast now. This is episode 177 of our weekly exploration in the kinky world of BDSM and alternative relationships. Views expressed are not representative of the management of the kinky cast. We welcome guests with opposing viewpoints. Today, we bring you Autumn, Orange, and Vin Glass on Humiliation Play. Here's your hosts, Woody and the Beast. Thanks, Max, and welcome to another edition of the Kinky Cast. Sitting to my left is Mr. Beast. Hey, Woody. How are you? I'm good. We have Vin and Autumn with us. Hi. Hello. Welcome to the Kinky Cast. Autumn, you just got back from a romp at Frolicon, is that right? Uh, Frolicon and then Oklahoma Leather Fest, and then in uh, a day or so, I'm headed to Beyond Leather. Oh, wow. You are a busy girl. I tend to be. Frequent flower miles here. <laughs> right? <laughs> What's your kink? Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, yes. It's like saying, what is your sex? Yes. Uh-huh. So... <laughs> You're a title holder. Well, I was, yes. You, you were I a title holder. I was the 2015 Southeast Person of Leather. I was the first person to hold the title in the Southeast. I remember when you got it, and that was quite an event. I think so. Yeah. You're a leather person, and you're a BDSM player, and all these good things. Well, I try to be, anyway. You try to be, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, you try to be, but you're around uh, giving classes on humiliation play, which is always interesting. So how does that work? For me, it's a lot of psychology. I do a very long negotiation and try to find out uh, what level I can play to. I I guess because I'm a switch, I know what I can handle. And I try to see if they can go past that limit where you can be called, you know, um, raunchy or naughty or a bitch, a slut or a whore or, you know, are you somebody's cum dumpster? You know, like how far can you take it? And uh, develop questions going from there. Humiliation verbally. Uh, well, at least, you know, starting from there. See what gauge you can take it, because you're going to know how far they can take it physically, generally based on what they can do physically. At least that's been my experience when I've been doing negotiations. That's where I start. You lay out this detailed negotiation. And what does a scene look like in this case, physically? That really depends on the bottom. Uh, the demo bottom that I had at Frolicon, um, she really hated to disappoint people. And she really, really dislikes ketchup. <laughs> okay. So, okay, that's a that's an easy trigger to work with. Yes, I ended up finding that out by accident uh, the previous year. She was my demo bottom for an anticipation class, and she loved powdered donuts. And so I was feeding them to her when she was good, and she had a blindfold on. And so I put ketchup on it, not knowing if she liked it or hated it, only knowing she wasn't allergic to tomatoes, and found out that it made her gag. So this humiliation degradation scene, uh, the end of it was that she had to choke on ketchup while me telling her that I was, like, horribly disappointed in her, and she had to be forced to orgasm. Wow. That sounds interesting. It was fun. It was so much fun. (laughs) I, I can tell you're smiling from ear to ear. And you're a creative sort here. Yeah, why not paint with the canvas you're given? So this creativity is different for everybody that you're playing with then? Absolutely. Um, You know, for some people, you know, like she can't be called 
uh, a party girl, but you know, some of the other people could, it's all based on what they want out of the scene, what's humiliating to them or, um, you know, conversely, um, I've actually had a humiliation and degradation scene where I was the bottom and, um, it was compliments to the point where I was like sobbing in the floor because I can't handle compliments, <laughs> not to that degree. So, I mean, it's, it's just based on what the person finds scary or humiliating or intimidating. We have to ask, and most of the time the answer is perfectly normal. What was your childhood like? <laughs> not great. <laughs> I would not like to call out family members. I'll just say it wasn't a very healthy environment to grow up in. Um, and I had to grow up very, very fast. Uh, so the, uh, the humiliation and degradation play actually gives me an ability to have an outlet for a lot of that, at least as a bottom. Okay. Uh, there's a catharsis in it for you from the bottom. Oh, from the bottom side, absolutely. From the top side, I'm just a complete sadist. <laughs> You're a sick, twisted woman. Yes, I Where am. Where does Vin ring in on this whole thing? Oh, I'm vanilla. I don't even know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. You're hanging around with the wrong person then. <laughs> <laughs> well, gee, if you only knew. Let's see. Degradation and humiliation. It's always fun. Hell, there was a scene that I had at uh, Frolicon as well. I uh, got this girl to uh, get on a Sibian, and she really wasn't quite sure about it. And I just kept making her go up in sizes for the insertables. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, she just kept crying because she couldn't take anymore. <laughs> I see. And and how long did you have her on it? And Way past her limit? Oh, yeah. Uh, I said I was, she was on there for a good hour. Oh, oh, my God. An hour? Uh, so you bring a stretcher and you roll her back to her room, right? Well, I brought a wheelchair, just, just in case. Yeah, that would be a good thing. A Sibian with dongs that are too long and for an hour. Hmm. Yeah. So the wheelchair was a very psychological aid, I'm quite sure. Yeah, and a stretcher and a ambulance. <laughs> you know, having a paramedic team stand by just in case. You know, hey. Yeah, yeah. Vin, how did you get started in this? Oh, wow. Um, actually, it happened back when I was in the Marines. That's a good place to learn about some humiliation, isn't it? Well, oh, yeah, no. Uh, actually, uh, my sergeant at the time invited me to a house party. I showed up a little bit early, just because that's what you did when you were in the Marines. And uh, he called his wife over once I got there and said, okay, this is what we're going to be doing tonight. He asked his wife if she was ready, and she said, yes, sir. And then he wheeled back and smacked her across the face. And so you like that very much, don't you, little slut? And she went off with, yes, sir. And I was just dumbfounded because, yeah, no. Now it just seems old hat. But, you know, back then it was, just, yeah, you don't hit girls. Young and impressionable. So for a late teen, early 20-some, that was quite the eye-opening experience. It really was. And has there been any turning back since then? No, unfortunately not. It just I just keep seeing find myself further and further down that rabbit hole. <laughs> oh my. With that start I can only imagine how how deep that hole's become. Oh yeah. No pun intended. Yeah. I like the way you said he was vanilla when we started here. Uh yeah, yeah. He's a player with minds. Speaking of playing with minds, what is a recovery like for your victims? It varies from different person to person, to be honest with you. Some people just want to be held. Some people need to be reassured. 
that they aren't any of the things that you just put them through. Um, it really just depends. In my general experience, people need to be reassured, like you said, but, but I've also seen people who need to just clean, like they need to clean up the space and they need to take care of things and like they need to put things back in order to restore that kind of control uh, in their life and like feel like, you know, they had the control taken away. So now they can take it back. And is that part of the experience for them? Actually, the reclaiming of the control afterwards? Depending on the person, yes. I have a bottom um, who I play with semi-regularly, and that's what she does. She doesn't want to be held or reassured or anything. She just wants to take that control back and clean everything, which is fine for me. I have a bottle of water, and I sit there, and I watch her clean, and she's usually naked, so it works. Mm, so is it. Yeah, not, not a bad life, thing. Life is so hard for you. I know. I love my life. <laughs> you know, to look at you, I would never guess you're this sadistic. I know. People think that I'm really sweet. It's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I've known you for a <laughs> couple of years, and, and I always thought you were until I saw you do the, the humiliation play. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Nobody expects it from me. Has a top. What's the hardest scene you've played out? With a bottom. I mean, we all find bottoms that uh, push our own boundaries. What pushed yours? As a top, geez. Um, having to do the compliment scene as a top. Like my, my owner, my current owner did that for me. And I saw an experience, of course, what it did for me. And then uh, a young lady that uh, as a friend of benefits with me, uh, I did that for her and watching it completely break her to the point where she couldn't stop sobbing. It was, it was so hard because I know what it's like to be the bottom in that. And I know what it's like to take the compliments and to have to hear them and to have to be able to take them in. And it was, it was hard to keep going, but, uh, she needed it. And I mean, she's a lot, she's in a much healthier space and she's in a much better space psychologically now after having going through that and like accepted the compliments and understood that they came from a good place. But it was, uh, it was really hard to do that. <laughs> um, that's a, that's a very, very interesting twist because people on the vanilla side looking in would think that's a painful thing. Yeah, and it it really is like emotions. Like, there's so much more you can do with the mind than you could ever do with the body. At least in my opinion. Very true. Um, especially when it comes to to fear or reassurance. Like, you you can really take those to polar opposites, and it's it can be incredibly painful or incredibly like warm and reassuring and wonderful. It's tough to get through sometimes. <laughs> The days after this scene, what's the what's the cleanup uh, like for after the scene? Because we all know about drop and all that, and we're playing with emotions even more intensely here. So, what's the aftercare, the ongoing aftercare like? Well, with her, um, she doesn't have any um, particular medical issues, so we negotiated this ahead of time. I like to make sure that my bottoms, if they're going to go, uh, you know, especially if they're not going to be with me or, uh, you know, if they don't live to where I can go and visit them, I make sure that there's somebody who can check in with them. And it's like high metabolism uh, diet sort of level for the next like week. And instead of eating like chocolates or having sodas or anything like that, it's water 
and Gatorade and healthy snacks, especially like white grapes and, um, you know, like baby carrots, anything with natural sugars so that their body has a chance to even off of that high and it's not crashing because it's not working doubly hard to come down from that. And I'm checking in with them every day. You know, how do you feel today? You know, um, what was it like to accept those compliments? You know, do you feel okay? And that way they're in a good state of mind and their body's not having to work twice as hard just to make sure that they're okay at the end of it too. But I'm a little anal retentive. (laughs) You know, she's really thought this out. Type A. (laughs) This is not exactly the casual play that somebody should pick up inside on a whim that they're going to to do this uh horrible horrible uh humiliation scene with somebody without thinking thinking through the the scenario and how it unfolds and what happens after exactly um i mean you can do certain little things that you can do little teasers to you know and it's all about how much you do versus what the after effects are going to be. Like you can have somebody that you just call a slut a couple of times and hit them a couple of times. It's not going to be a huge of a thing for them unless it's, you know, necessarily a trigger. So you can do something like that, but a really long involved, like psychologically messing with somebody, you're going to really want to know what you're doing and follow up with them and know how to follow up with them. And you really have to understand them almost as well as they understand themselves, if not better. In my opinion, then you uh, have have you pulled your story out of the deep dark hole yet? <laughs> Actually, yeah, yeah, I have. Um, <laughs> now I'm afraid. I have this play partner that has a child, and the child loves Disney movies, and will always watch them nonstop over and over again, like most children do. So I took my friend and put headphones on her. And put us that one of Bella Snowman song. <laughs> oh, on that is oh. Wait, I'm not done. <laughs> then proceeded to put her on a uh, upside down mat for a computer desk. You know, with the spikes on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shoved ice cubes in all of her holes. Mm. Whipped her. Uh, said a lot of degrading things, and then peed on her. And uh, then sprayed her down with a hose, all while this song was on loop. And it was a good 45-minute scene. Oh, oh, the oh. psychological terror of yeah, it all. That would do me. Well, you know, it was great when I sent her home, and uh, her kid wanted to watch the movie again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, you were evil. It keeps on giving. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I had a, a play partner many years ago. She was a, um executive, and she flew to Nashville to play and I pulled one of those chair mats out and was uh, put her on it and those things are horrible. They're evil. They are Yeah, I had evil. her kneeling on it. It was great. Oh, and, I can't even imagine that. And then that night at the party, I had her on her knees surrounded by some of our uh, members and with their Sticks hanging out, and she was blissed out and humiliated, and it was a horrible combination for her. Because uh, here, this is a pro- prim proper executive, and she's reduced to a gutter tramp. It was a yeah. great weekend, or a cum dump, That's- as it were. That sounds amazing. Yes, it was a great a great weekend. We are sick. Yeah, yeah, we certainly <laughs> are. I it's think sick. we might have problems. 
out on the West Coast, I saw a reverse humiliation scene, which is interesting. The bottom, who did have a reputation, she'd find new players that would top her, and she humiliated them as the scene went on. And people that knew her gathered around to watch the event. It was always interesting. That actually sounds kind of awesome. It was. And dangerous, but awesome. I was going to say, I really hope they negotiated that. Uh, they didn't. And uh, <laughs> she, did, she did it on oh. purpose because that was her fun. Well, yeah. You know, if you like getting hit real hard. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. Takes trolling to a whole new level. Yeah, it does. Um, speaking of, audience, we sometimes play in private. Sometimes we play in public. What is the audience reception of some of these? Scenes. I mean, we're 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 used to somebody getting beaten. We know about endorphins, and we know about the thrill of bruises. But we're getting emotional here. Um, do the audience get squeaked sometimes? I've had people walk out of classes, and I tell them ahead of time that I don't take offense. I do warn them ahead of time that there could be triggers, um, because when I'm teaching in front of a class, I like to push it pretty far so that they understand the extent that it can go to. Um, but this year, uh, for Alicon, I actually didn't have anybody walk out. I had people, like, cheering and um, suggesting awful things for me to do to her, and it was it was great. That's a lot of fun. Vin, on your first outing way back when, or mm-hmm. or yesterday, I don't know. It was about 18 years ago, actually. Oh, a few, few years. Here you're with this man that you are um under the command of and you uh-huh. and and he's abusing his by our by the vanilla definition of you abusing his wife was there a moment when you had had to make a decision on what happened here well actually it was pretty much a knee-jerk reaction to where i almost lunged for the guy after he hit his wife um but there were one or two of the guys that And she explained to me that she actually enjoyed it immensely. And they went into the concept of, well, you know, you got your idea of consent and what people enjoy and all this other fun stuff, which smoothed out my concept of it a little bit. But it took about a good year for me to really just wrap my head around it. If I can speak to that a little bit, that's actually why I usually teach um, an abuse class and like subtleties of abuse so that people understand the difference, especially if it's at a beginner con. Oh yeah, there there is subtleties here, uh, besides the gross differences, but there are subtle differences. And what are some of those subtle differences? You know, humiliation and degradation. I I think that you know, in a in a healthy environment, that's that's always negotiated. You know, or you've you've played with this person enough that you understand where your boundaries are, what you can and can't do, and you know that they're going to speak up and tell you if you can't. Um, I would say that the differences are when it's not negotiated, when you're being pushed past a red or, you know, as a bottom, you're pushing the top to do things that they really just aren't comfortable with. I mean, it can go both ways. But when there's no consent or when that consent gets, you know, into a gray area that's not okay, I would say that's the difference. Yeah. We're working with a very deep and detailed allusions here then because with consent it's not against their will or anything but it may appear so to the outside observer and even the bottom at moments in the play is that is that accurate 
more of the outside observer. The bottom hopefully knows what's coming for the most part, unless it's otherwise negotiated. Yeah, I would say the only part where they may not know is if you're going to get fear play into that. But I mean, that I would say that's almost suspension of disbelief, not necessarily them doubting consent. A suspension of belief, which is good theater. Yes. Yeah, like they get so into being scared, like that the fear takes over and they forget for like, you know, that one second that things aren't as good. Like I actually have a really good story with that. It was a fantastic humiliation scene. It was Halloween and I watched this scene and this individual could not stand um, like worms and bugs and insects. So they showed them uh, live bait worms and then they blindfolded the individual and they put like those fake uh, plastic little bait worms in a tunnel lube and then they uh, inserted the worms into the person. So the person, you know, and every time they would move, they thought that there really were, you know, the worms were moving inside of them and they were freaking out like the entire time. And it went on for quite a while and it was hilarious. But, uh, you know, they were really terrified. You know, they had that moment that for the extent of the scene, they really thought that, that somebody had crossed that line and put worms in them. So they had all the physical and emotional responses of somebody that was in a panicked fear state. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes, but they, they negotiated for that. So, you know, the high that comes off of that, speaking from a bottom standpoint, is unbelievable. So, I mean, I can understand why. Not that I negotiate for fear play that often, but uh, it, it can be an incredible high. So, I mean, I get it. Years ago, uh, I went to Dark Odyssey up above uh, Baltimore there, and Lolita Wolf was teaching a class on humiliation, degradation, and probably on the borderline of fear. It's mild by some of uh, the stories that you've told, but it's kind of an interesting mindfuck. She went out and bought two tubes of toothpaste. That's the Tom's natural toothpaste. They have it with and without fluoride. And she took the tube and she showed the bottom, the box of the fluoride toothpaste. And it says, you know, uh, too much uh, fluoride can harm you. And then she took the other tube, switched it, and took it and filled his mouth full <laughs> of toothpaste. And at that point, she says, don't spill a drop. And so <laughs> now, now he's just read that you know this fluoride can harm you, and now he's got a mouthful of it. So <laughs> it, it was a very interesting mindfuck. I love mindfucks. Yeah, I think my favorite one, probably other than the worms, was um, somebody was blindfolded. And they were on the stairs and they were told that to get their collar because they're really into mind fucks that they were going to have to walk across broken glass to get to their, what would be their master. And it was potato chips. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> it was fantastic. Crunch, crunch, crunch. There are so many things. I did a scene years ago with my submissive. I had her on a spanking bench. I told her I was going to carve a heart in her ass. She knew I liked to do knives and all that. And so I would break out the alcohol and so she could uh, smell it. And, uh, you know, I'd clean up a nice spot, get it all ready. And uh, then I would uh, pull out my knife and I have one of those little assisted knives that makes a nice click when it comes out. It's very sharp. And I dragged it down her back and I got to her butt and then I took a credit card 
and carved a heart <laughs> in her butt. She thought that I was slicing her open. But uh, I had uh, also, at the same time, I was making a red heart with a um, Sharpie pen. <laughs> and so after the scene was over, I put it in a place where she could not see it, no matter how she looked. It was just a little too low if she's standing at a bathroom vanity. She, she couldn't quite get a look at it. And so I took her out and paraded her around the party. And I said, take a look at the heart. Uh, I carved in her butt. And people are bending over and looking and go, oh, my. <laughs> and she's going, what, what, what? It was such a great mind fuck, and it went on for hours. That's fantastic. Yeah, you got to have fun, you know? You know, we really need to publish an ideal book. Fucked up things to yeah, uh, no one tell. Yeah, fucked up things to do to people, yeah. yeah. You've taken us down a really interesting road of uh, of different kind of play. We've never talked about humiliation play on the cast yet. And so this is a, a new type of show for us. And if our listeners like this, they should let us know and we can uh, go down these and different roads. I want to thank uh, Vin and Autumn for being with us tonight. And uh, right. you're coming to us from what beautiful state? The Tampa, Florida? Close enough. Florida at the moment. Florida, the great state of Florida. There's a lot of kinky people in Florida. Yes, Yes, there are. Yes. There's some great play spaces down in Orlando, the Woodshed and others. The Woodshed, Master Cecil, Master Penguin, good people. Absolutely, great people. All right, my friends, thank you for being with us tonight, and we will talk with you soon. Thanks for having us. You have been listening to episode 177 of the Kinky Cast. For more information about this show, go to kinkycast.com. The Kinky Cast is a production of Rooster in the Round. On behalf of all our Kinky crew, I'm Max. See you next week when we present Sephira on service and her prolific writings. 